Hey guys, thanks for joining us again on Screenworthy, brought to you by The Mine Refinery. I'm Kyle Bodanis. Big show this week, we're talking about Snyder Cut, how it improved on the original, the expanded story. Will this revive the Justice League? And maybe, just maybe, a little bitty apology for Zack Snyder. This was actually a vast improvement. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have time, follow The Mine Refinery on social media. And now, here's the show. All right, guys, here today to talk about the Snyder Cut of Justice League are Mind Refinery creatives John Neal. What's up? And resident DC fanboy Omar Morrison. How's it going, guys? I mean, it's going good. I had, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with the Snyder Cut. And I think that there was a lot of surprises both for fans and laymans and people who uh maybe didn't think it was going to be you know that extravagantly different uh but i feel like okay well let's unpack this here so you know john i think if we dip way back into the director's cut episode of screenworthy i mean we're gonna have to eat a bunch of crow i mean Mm -hmm. i really believe that's the case here because this was not what i really expected he, but was told yeah. by DC fans in the know that th- it would be completely different. Uh, mm-hmm. And for those of you who politely gave your opinion, thank you. We hear you. And for those of you who called us pieces of shit, um, <laughs> understood. So one thing I liked about this is that, I mean, he was working closely with, um, you know, with DC artists to kind of put this together, too. Like, that's one thing I liked about his approach to it is that there was, you know, a concerted effort to really make this a comic book movie stylistically as well whether or not you like that style whatever but i mean i thought Zack snyder put a lot into this and i thought that you know let's let's start this by reviewing what our opinions of this project were when it was first announced why don't you start us off omar to be honest what i thought about this was that when it was first announced i was kind of just thinking to myself like what exactly did they change um because after i saw the, the the original theatrical cut in 2017 i was thoroughly disappointed both as a fan and just as someone um, who enjoys film um i thought it was safe and um i didn't really see what direction they were trying to go with in terms of source material and and stuff like that like a lot of things were set up in batman versus superman and then when we got to justice league i was just kind of like this is just a bunch of garbage that um nobody really wanted to see um, so when it was announced, it it was, I was happy for this fact that fans were actually going to get a chance to see what the original vision was. Um, being that there was a lot of rumors going on that, uh, you know, that Zack Snyder's vision was way better and that Joss Whedon had butchered the whole thing. Um, there were important points in times where I, where I thought it wasn't going to come out. Um, I just thought it was going to be wishful thinking. We just had to let it go. So when it was when it was announced, I, I was thoroughly excited, but I was also nervous because I didn't know what to expect. Were we going to get something that was just as bad? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and stuff like that. So for me, I was just kind of, I was excited for it, but at the same time, I wasn't getting my hopes up, if, if that makes sense. I just didn't care. <laughs> that, that was my that was my initial reaction uh when i heard about it um just because i i i hated to my bones batman versus superman the more i think about that movie the more i dislike it i see a lot of missed opportunities with that and i kind of felt that was 
sort of the mantra for this whole thing going forward, even when Zack was going to do his version. It was just, well, whatever, this is still following Batman versus Superman, and I didn't, I really hated how they set stuff up with that, so I'm probably going to hate this too. And I, I mean, I have seen, I haven't even seen all of Whedon's cut. I've probably seen about 75% of it, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about as much as I could, could tolerate from it, because it's, it's awful. So that was my reaction was whatever. This is just going to be a continuation of a story I don't already like. I mean, as I said in the intro, like we did this whole direct this, um, you know, when they announced uh, so the Snyder Cut, we did this whole director's cut episode talking about, you know, different director's cut we liked, cuts we liked, ones that we thought were significant, ones we thought were just blatant cash grabs. I know we kind of framed it like we didn't see how this one was going to be very different. And I mm-hmm. was kind of like... Um, and, and I've never thought that Snyder has been too prolific on the story aspect of, uh, the, the filmmaking sense. And I just didn't, I, 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 there wasn't an indifferent, uh, you know, feelings towards this for me. And I was just kind of like, they're going to do this thing. And this is just, you know, HBO trying to get some content and bring some, you know, IP situation mm. coming their mm-hmm. way. And I mean, I, I can definitely say moving forward that I think we were uh, wrong. I mean, there is issues with this and I think, but I think it's from, you know, I, I, I think it's from, you know, various filmmaking points of view and um, whether or not you can deal with the amount of VFX that's in it, but that's Zack Snyder's style. Like at the end of the day, that's a stylistic yeah. choice, and whether you like it or not, I don't think is incriminating as him for him as a filmmaker, and more like you're just not into his style, which is fine. So the other thing, sorry, Kyle, I was just going to no, say no, about that yeah. is that I think in in that episode, the director's cut episode, a big sticking point for us was whether or not the director's cut was earned. Yes. Right? Yes. And that was a, that was a bit that was a that was one of our talking points. And yeah. I will give it to him here. Uh 100% it was earned. So mm. and I actually think cuz Zack Snyder does a lot of director's cuts and we talked about how they're not really earned that much like, you know, from uh like like how Blade Runner was earned, how the director's cut completely changed the way you looked at the material. And this film to his credit finally accomplished that yeah absolutely i think that this was because as you said you watched 75 percent of the justice league i watched it a few times especially in the lead up to this but um Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day it's completely unwatchable Mm -hmm. and i think (laughs) i think dc fans and regular filmmakers alike you know regular film watchers and fans alike can kind of all agree on that and i think there's been a harmony in that but so we agree here just to set up that the theatrical version was complete dog shit. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. cool. No question. If you had to sum up it, the, its failures, <laughs> what would it have been? What would they have been? Lack of storytelling. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's a big one. And, and nobody cares about the characters. You brought these characters in. Little to no backstory. Unless you're an uh, avid, I wouldn't say comic book reader or CW watcher, you don't know anything about The Flash or Wonder Woman, Cyborg, or any of these characters. So just kind of throwing everything and then kind of like um, 
jumbling everything together just to meet a deadline. That's what it felt. And um, I feel like they, Warner Brothers was, was just trying to compete with, with Marvel and did a terrible, terrible, terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had no other way to, to explain it. It just felt like they wanted to sell merch more than make a film. Yeah, I think the business side may have gotten the better of them for that one, at least. And, I mean, like, I don't even really know what to say. The fact that it was even allowed to exist, to be allowed to go to release, given the state that it was in, boggles my mind. Yeah, I think, I think the idea is that they took something that is a big story and tried to like compress it into this small amount of time, which didn't give any respect to the characters, which didn't yeah. give any respect to the story, and didn't really just give any respect. I mean, to uh, Zack Snyder as a filmmaker as well. I mean, they went with you know yeah. Josh Joss Whedon came in and just shot a bunch of other stuff, and it was like unnecessarily trying to be funny in mm. places as well, where like this is brooding like it's a brooding story batman is really at the center of it and anything with uh uh you know batman at the center of it is going to have certain issues with depression and um just being <laughs> dark and macabre in general which is what's really awesome about batman sometimes and it just the whole thing just wasn't very it wasn't thought out well it wasn't thoughtful and uh for the fans who are were clearly going to go watch it it just didn't do anything for them because listen sometimes fan service is can be really damaging to a film but sometimes especially for comic books like you you kind of have to do it you know what i mean you kind of yeah. you have to do, make something that the fans are going to enjoy and obviously that is not the justice league no. so yeah. i want to get into our first impressions of the snyder cut now that we've kind of like framed this what do we think of Snyder Cut? What did we love about it? Right off the bat, I what I loved about it was seeing the backstories of the characters. Um, that was the very first thing that that grabbed me. Another thing I really enjoyed was that was that the comedy wasn't forced anymore, and they were placed in parts that um actually made sense to the story. And I like how they made the Flash more of the comedic relief. Because if you, as a comic book reader, that's exactly who he is. Yeah. Right. So for me, watching it from a comic book perspective, they did their best to capture the world of a comic. It felt like I was watching panels, as opposed to a film. It was cut and edited to be like a comic book. So from that standpoint, I already saw where he was going with it, and I was, I was impressed. I can't lie about that. Like I was thoroughly impressed. And I see why the cut is four hours. I mean, they could have trimmed it a lot. I have some criticisms about that. But right off the bat, it was those two things that captured me. Just just the overall um, feel of a comic book and creating that world. And let's face it, he's great at doing that. And um, the backstory of the character is just really diving in depth and how the story really centered around Cyborg. Because he was kind of thrown in there in the theatrical cut. And most people don't know anything about that character outside of Teen Titans if you grew up with that. <laughs> that that's a problem. Like, that's a big problem because Cyborg in this mm -hmm. is crucial. Very like, crucial. You, he, you, like, his character is center. is you know, Like, you can't really 
kind of move this story without him in it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's when the theatrical version came out, it was kind of like, what the hell is this? You know, I had the same I had the same feeling with um the Avengers actually. Um, because what is it, Civil War? Yeah. That was supposed to yeah. be centered around Spider Man in the comics. And obviously they changed it up a bit and whatnot. But that's what I was expecting when I was watching the original release of Justice League. So finally seeing it, I was like, all right, Zach knew what he was doing to a certain extent. Yeah, like it definitely the th- the things I liked about it, uh, just the story was uh, was good for at least for me from a mm-hmm. just a narrative perspective. It was on point. You develop uh, an attachment to the characters. You care about what they're doing and where they're going. Mm-hmm. I also liked how Steppenwolf in this is, is more of a pawn character. He's not really yes. the like he's the main villain, but he's not really the main villain. He's just you know, he's a soldier for the real villain who really? I actually thought was really well utilized into the film, uh, Darkseed, um, or Darkseid. But, um, yeah, like, just the story. Like, like just, wa- it's it's a watchable Justice League movie that that is told pretty well. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about it, because the, the actual uh, Whedon Justice League is just... I just want to roll my eye. I just want to roll my eyes and and turn it off, right? So that's what I liked about it is that I could fucking sit there and watch it and actually, you know, be into it to a certain extent, right? So, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was thoroughly enjoyable. And uh, comparing it, it's like night and day. It's not even on the same planet. Yeah, it's not even it's not even on the same planet. And this is where I think we really have to fucking eat crow. Like this is what I would say, other than maybe other than like Blade Runner and what was done to it and how it changed the face of the movie, uh, like from a complete pile of shit into like a cult classic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think that this is one of the most dramatic changes I've seen because what it feels like is this, is that there was a creative hand actually pushing it. Guiding it. Yeah. Yeah. Guiding it. And actually who had a vision, whereas, you know, like the original justice league is like movie making by committee. Yes. And not a good committee, uh, not a good yeah. committee of people like a people who are just, as you said, Omar, trying to like sell toys, like yeah. compete with other franchises instead of looking it, at it as a piece by itself. I like that this has a much darker tone. I like that um, it really mm-hmm. kind of also and why I think Steppenwolf works as a villain um besides just making you know really good music in the 60s is that he (laughs) fuck is that it's this is supposed to i know in a interview with vanity fair i was just i was just reading um zach snyder was saying that this was it was supposed to be five parts like his whole storyline with it starting with man of steel going to batman versus superman then Mm -hmm. justice league and then there's supposed to be two more parts after this and basically with the villain with dark side being at the center as the villain or the if you were to compare it to marvel the more thanos uh version you know the thanos individual the big baddie who kind of is the overarching um villain to destroy so Mm -hmm. i like that and, and it really kind of fits in like that so like there are parts 
that I feel if it was more standalone should have been cut out. Like we're, we're going to talk about the ending and the different ending uh, and yeah. that kind of thing. Cause it's a long, it, it's, it's the wrap up that I feel takes the longest, but if you are viewing it as a, as you know, a piece of a, of a larger picture, it works uh, very well. And yeah. I like the, as I said, I like the darker approach to it. It's definitely more uh, Zack Snyder's bag. Um, and just again, the not the not forced comedy of it, and having the people who mm-hmm. exist as comedian, you know, because it's kind of the it's the Flash, obviously. But then you know, a little bit of him, you know, yucking it up with Jason Momoa and Aquaman, and um, I I think honestly, from a story standpoint, this might be one of Zack Snyder's kind of best things he's put together, mm-hmm. because like, there's things that can be cut. Absolutely. But I think that this really does well in taking a bunch of different parts and putting together and put pulling them all together. Because that was kind of like with Avengers, that was like my big thing with it was like, was like, how are they going to take all these, you know, stretched out storylines and bring them in so they don't seem ridiculous and i thought he was able to do this i really loved the and also like you know the relationship with the father in cyborgs um in cyborg storyline was just better than the non-story they teased in the previous Mm -hmm. one and like it had and obviously it was true to his story in like the comic books And I just thought that that was better in introducing the flash and his motivations and why he wanted to do, you know, why he was a part of it. And also looking at why all of these people are important working together. And you kind of saw the dynamic between them and who does what and, you know, who is the leadership. And I I think if I was to say that if there was any issue, I probably would have liked to see have seen a little bit more, you know, interpersonal issues. But I also believe that like when. The, with the Avengers, like Marvel had a, a larger run of comic books, uh, sorry, yeah. um, movies to kind of establish those relationships and those tensions. And I thought that was pretty well done here overall. Like for me, I'm never going to like that completely green screen style. Yeah. Like I'm never going to yeah. fully embrace it, but I think like, this is kind of why I love the dark Knight because it was, it's rooted in, practical effects but that's chris nolan's uh you know that's his style of you know special effects but i certainly don't like chris nolan's uh style of story writing for big blockbusters sometimes because some of the times it's incomprehensible so this is where Mm -hmm. you know Zack snyder is i guess a little bit more appreciated so i thought this was really his best turn in storytelling i think he put this he put everything into this it's very evident and i think from a from a standpoint as a, a as a passionate filmmaker and an individual who who has a vision you know he's to be completely respected for doing this and uh, mm-hmm. i know i i definitely am ready to you know throw a little salt and special sauce on my foot and put it in my <laughs> mouth and um <laughs> that's totally fine because at the end of the day i think some people don't understand that people want i mean generally most people want to like things You know what I mean? I would have loved to go into Batman versus Superman and loved it and love it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, no one wants to really waste two and a half hours of their life. No. So, so like, this was obviously a whole different movie than the theatrical release. Like, what did you think about the things like changing in tone, giving, you know, giving Darkseid a bigger, you know, situation in it, that kind of thing? 
I preferred this one. Like I'm gonna keep saying that. Um, I enjoyed the tone because for the simple fact that it was darker, and that's for most DC fans, that's what we like in our comics. And I've always felt that DC needs to take the darker route. From a comic standpoint, sorry, I'm just collecting my thoughts here. But from a comic standpoint, I feel like this film really brought people into the world of DC Comics. It's a brooding world. It's very dark. And once you involve, um, not Superman, Batman into anything, you should prepare for a, a dark experience. It takes you on a journey and it's supposed to make you feel and stuff like that. And I feel like DC has been trying to capture that that type of mood. And so far, outside of Nolan's Dark Knight, this is the closest thing I've gotten to this D- DCEU's universe version of, of, a, of a dark universe of what DC is supposed to be. So finally seeing the Justice League come together, it felt like reading the Justice League comic. They don't, the, the heroes don't really know each other. Some of them have never heard of each other. Like Batman's a myth to a lot of them and stuff like that. And I kind of like that whole angle where it's like, listen, we're not friends, but this is kind of a, something that's going to affect us. And bringing in Darkseid and kind of teasing this big villain that's supposed to come I, I always I always looked at it like, you know, obviously everybody knows about Thanos and stuff like that. But who Darkseid is to the universe, it, it it was a big deal to to now see him in full in full force. I thought I thought he was a really great character. I love the utilization of Steppenwolf and actually giving him a backstory as opposed to just I'm just this conquering guy. I'm coming here for my master and that's it. It it, it made you kind of feel for him. Like he He's just trying to win back favor in this film by taking over these planets. So he's not necessarily this evil being. He's just, he he's on punishment. He owes a whole bunch of worlds to this guy. So seeing that concept, I think a lot of people who sat down and watched that was kind of like, yes, finally, because Steppenwolf is a very, very strong character in the comics and does play a heavy role just like Cyborg does. He also so looks overall, better in really this version It was too. a completely different oh. film. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. And I'm kind of like, how did they look at this and release what they released four years ago? And they made improvements on the character design as well that I thought were really, really Mm -hmm. fucking good. Great, man. Like, the the character design was phenomenal. Obviously, obviously, you know, the CGI needed work, but it is is a raw cut. But even just seeing how, uh, for example, the interactions between the characters and and, uh, just the small talk and the writing... And even how they brought in Superman at the end of all of it. I mean, it was still, eh, for a comic book guy, it was still kind of weak. But at the same time, I like that they didn't center the movie around him. And they didn't need to rely really on Superman, where I felt the original cut, Superman was like the key to everything. And their whole motivation was just bring Superman back. And it was just like, really? This is this is what you gave us? There's so much more to these characters. And I think that's what Marvel really did well with releasing a whole bunch of films ahead of time before bringing all the characters together. So you had a feel for who you liked, who you were rooting for, and you got to see their interaction. So finally seeing that and actually seeing how they become a team and how this thing can work out, it was like, now I kind of care about this universe. And I feel a lot of people, both comic book fans and just film fans in general, are like, hey, I want to see more of this. I want to, I now I want to see another Justice League movie. Whereas before, I think the DC universe died with the last cut. 
Yeah. It, it kind of makes me wonder even what, what else was going on behind the scenes that maybe yeah. they wanted to do even prior to this that they, that they didn't get to do to set things up. Mm. But I think the biggest, you know, stark difference that um, is obviously the Whedon Justice League tone-wise and style-wise is completely removed from the tone of Man of Steel, from Batman mm. versus Superman. It, it doesn't even feel like it's taking place in the same universe. Whereas, you know, this movie brings it back because it that tone is reestablished and the style is reestablished. So this feels like the true follow-up to Batman versus Superman, where Whedon's Justice League was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is like, I don't even, is this the same universe? What the hell is going on? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I have issues most like narratively still that, that, that still bother me. I have issues with some style stuff and, and, and all that mostly being just a Zack Snyder thing. But, you know, I, I, I appreciate the level of intricacy in which he was able to kind of patch things up with this. And as a viewer, I think just from where I'm sitting on this franchise, that's really all that I can ask for at this point is that there's just competent stuff going forward, competent storytelling going forward. I actually am interested to see more of what, or if there's even going to be more of this uh, Dark Side storyline, because I don't really know a whole lot about Dark Side. I mean, mm. even from a, a comic perspective and just from, you know, like an animated show perspective, I really wasn't that into that stuff growing up. You know, like mm. I like superheroes and, and I really like Batman and even Superman to an extent growing up, but it was mostly from an individual character perspective in like their own separate worlds kind of perspective so i would like to see more of 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 this just be just purely out of interest you know and i still have issues with things which will which we'll still talk about but but um i'm down for seeing more of this dark side is such an awesome character he's he's really good i mean he's one of the few true rivals that superman has um, mm-hmm. and which might be for Superman is always that he's like fucking completely invincible. Although I will say this about the, about the, the comics is that like in the comics, it drives home a little bit more that there's beings out there who can beat him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whether it's doomsday, dark side, kryptonite, man, like all this kind of shit, like all these different people, you know, Zod, uh, you know, it, it, I thought we, my issue kind of with these things is the the films always kind of paint him as like he's fucking, you know, a god, which he is. But, you know, when these kind of baddies come, like Darkseid, like that, it challenges his strength. And I think, like, that's the kind of thing that gets me interesting, that that yeah. makes me think it's really, really interesting. And I know I want to see more with this, too. And I kind of want to move into what we thought of the ending as well, because the ending is really kind of what is supposed to bridge into another episode, like another two two films. At least that's what, you know, Snyder's point of view. Like, I thought, you know, the ending where you're seeing them all, you know, you're seeing Deathstroke because we had that scene with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke where he tells him that spoilers, uh, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Um and, yeah. you know, you kind of see that ongoing rivalry between Batman and Deathstroke. And then um, you see Deathstroke at the end. And they're yeah. clearly all on the same side because it's this post-apocalyptic vision of... And Cyborg has these premonitions. And, um, you know, Batman and Bruce Wayne's been having these premonitions. And 
talking about this like apocalypse of what happens if dark side succeeds and finds the anti-life equation and or whatnot they need to by the way they need to find mm -hmm. better names for these things because <laughs> yeah. mother box <laughs> sounds like the big order of chicken at mary brown's yeah like you the know what i mean box. right you know what i mean the mother box is a stupid name the infinity gauntlet is a cool name that was a cool name, yeah. Right? I agree with you there. 100%. Right? So, like, I'm fine with their the constructions of those items and what the place they have and what they do and all that crap, but I digress. Yeah. Mm. What did we think of this post-apocalyptic ending? I thought it was actually really cool. I, I thought it was great, um, to be honest. Um, it had uh, Injustice vibes. I'm not sure if you guys know too much about the Injustice storyline, but it... it plays on that where it's this idea of what would the world do if uh superman went rogue or turned against the world and become and became this authoritarian type figure um and seeing that it's gotten so bad that you know they have to team up with their villains and you know spoiler they hinted that aquaman was killed by superman you, yeah. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so seeing that whole aspect and even the fact when, when we got introduced to jared leto's joker and kind of finally getting a true uh look at his joker as opposed to the crappy way they portrayed him in suicide squad that's a whole nother conversation mm -hmm. but um yeah seeing that and just seeing how the world was set up and, and what they shot i was like wow if they continue on this path i honestly believe they could save this universe if they do it right and use the proper source material i'm not sure which one they will use but it is giving me um a vibe of injustice as well as the flashpoint paradox um seeing flash he's in, he looks a bit older he has a more upgraded suit seeing that these are premonitions that they're having and it also plays on the premonition i don't know if you guys remember from um batman v superman oh when, the lowest uh, yeah. one with the flash yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And telling him that, you know, find us and that she's the key and stuff like that. So now that they finally touched on that, I believe now they have a chance to either a resurrect the universe. B, they can do a quote unquote soft reboot now because, you know, that's the thing to do with time paradoxes. But um, I, I really enjoyed it for for what it was. It brought me a lot of nostalgia um, and it and it made me think, OK. I think now Warner Brothers is going to look at this and say, okay, with this success and with the amount of people that wanted this film, maybe we can really take our time with the next two films and really work on the emotion and, and drive home the story and not be afraid to, to put out a film that's about two and a half to three hours if it means that the fans are going to get what they want. Because people sat down and watched a four-hour cut of, of an unfinished movie, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like I, seeing that just made me feel more confident in what they're going to bring to the table now. And so now I'm just, I'm looking forward to it because I think it was a great scene. I love the character of Deathstroke. And it made me wish that we did get a solo Batman movie. With, with Deathstroke, with yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and with, um, I can't remember the actor's name who's playing Deathstroke, and actually seeing that story play out on screen. Even before we got this Justice League movie, I would have been happy to see that. Yeah, like I think that was like I like the ending because it it just leaves it open for for all those things. The only thing I don't like is is the actual um not the actual premonitions because I like what they're implying. 
I'm I'm a little bit f- um, familiar with the injustice storyline just because I've researched it, and I'm a little familiar with the Flashpoint paradox. Like I sort of know the implications um, that is going on in those storylines. So that is yeah. that's cool. And anytime you want to turn Superman into something that we haven't seen before, uh, and he's not just this yeah. godlike shining light figure, I'm going to be interested just because we've seen that and and there's we can totally do something else with that and, and make him dark and make everything get all fucked up. I'm down with that. You know, I just, for me, it's like Batman versus Superman. I think one of the, the, the biggest issues I had was even though that premonition scene with the flash was interesting. I just don't yeah. like the way he just like kind of falls asleep and has these premonitions. Like, I feel like there needs to be more of a, you know, like, how is he just dreaming this shit? Like, I get yeah. that it's in the comics and, and it's kind of like they just do that stuff, but it doesn't really work on screen for me, at least the way that they did it. And I just kind of wish maybe if it was like more of a, you know, kind of like the mother box kind of fucking with his mind kind of thing or yeah. see, that's or an kind, kind of see, like that's, that's interesting, kind of like they did with the Tesseract. Right. And how like Scarlet Witch fucking can play with people's minds so Tony Stark is having these premonitions about Thanos and everybody dying and I, and I don't want to compare it that way cuz they're they're not the same thing but at least it made sense why he was thinking those things just because you know he's just not falling asleep and having dreams about them and it's kind of like well is he psychic like what like what's going on you know yeah, but, I think yeah. there's language that you can I think there's like there's like cinema language and comic book language yes. like okay in a comic mm-hmm. book Okay, there's uh, like if you're reading uh some of the Wolverine solo issues, right? Wolverine's yeah. just like chilling, and then Sabretooth comes out of fucking nowhere, and you're like, was he following him? Like, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> like that kind of sh- that's how some characters enter comic book storylines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just like oh, because it 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 just uh, and that doesn't necessarily translate well to cinema because there is expectations with that beyond just the comic book audience. So, right. I mean. But the ending, what it does is it makes this is one of the things that makes the Whedon Justice League seem even more pointless and ridiculous because you have this premonition about Lois Lane and like what it's going to mean. And yeah. it's like it, you feel at in that moment that it's one of those things that is going to have implications over a broad storyline. Mm-hmm. And then we don't really return to it in the original cut. Yeah. Of Justice League. Mm. So it's like, well, why was that fucking pointless? And now you are seeing this, you know, and then you're seeing this play out. And it's an interesting scene, and I really kind of enjoyed it. And I I, I, I really thought that, you know, it kind of wrapped it all up really, really nicely. And oh, yeah. But before, I mean, we're going to get into, like, what the implications of this are and, like, what if the Snyder version was originally released but, like, I want to just quickly get in, like, what are things we thought didn't work? First off, and maybe you guys can agree, I didn't like the whole lot of slow motion. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> it's right. It, it brutalized the movie to, to oh, the yeah. point where it was just like, okay, this is unbearable. Um, yeah. I, I was just kind of like, I get it. You can speed it up now and get back. I, <laughs> I feel like the reason why it was four hours is because we spent, like, 
10 minutes on a one single shot of someone jumping through the air. It was actually a flat three hours, but then all the extra, <laughs> all the extra they, time. It, it, it would have been at least 30 minutes quicker. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm convinced by this. Yeah, no, no. I'm pretty sure too, because like over the course of four hours, there yeah. is so much slow-mo. I'm pretty sure you can absolutely positively lose fucking like. Oh my God, yes. You can lose <laughs> half an hour. 100%. Oh my God, yes. Easily. It's like, too silent. Like, this is crazy. It's a Even lot. in a fight scene, the slow motion, and I'm just like, this was not necessary. And I think they could have easily kind of, I don't know, fixed that before releasing this cut. Yeah. But that was my first biggest um, criticism of this movie was the, the, the excessive use of slow-mo. And another thing I didn't like um, would probably have to be that as much as we got a lot of backstory, a lot of it didn't move the actual plot forward for me mm -hmm. so i was watching it and i was watching it with someone who isn't really like they're a fan of batman but wasn't really following the series they've kind of watched everything and i asked them what they thought so far and they're like they like it but nothing has happened and we were probably like an hour and a half into the yeah and they were and i felt it like i felt the the pacing of this film was very very slow and again i think it's due to a lot of the slow-mo stuff that they were throwing in <laughs> but I also understand it was also, to me, I, I could be wrong about this, but I also understand that it could have been Warner Brothers' attempt or at least Zach's attempt to kind of slow everything down and really introduce the characters. So that's why there was no real movement in the plot. So everything looked good and it was interesting. But if you were to ask somebody two hours in what this film was about, they, they wouldn't be able to tell you, especially if they're not avid fans. So. That was a yeah. big thing that I had that it, it wasn't, I don't think it was uh, friendly towards people who just wanted to watch a film. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. two, I mean, there's two ways of looking at pacing. There's high level mm -hmm. pacing, like uh, how the scenes all interact with each other from, mm -hmm. you know, on the timeline, in, in the timeline kind of, and um, what scenes are being included, which scenes are being excluded. And then there's the, like how the scenes actually physically play out. And the yeah. slow-mo killed how the scenes actually played out. Um, whereas I thought the high level pacing was kind of okay because yeah. the storytelling was on point. I think, yeah, you could have cut stuff, but I'd rather have more than not know who the fuck these people are. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, like I, I have some criticisms, like the slow motion, just, it killed me, obviously. Um, yeah. just, just technical things, even the presentation of it in four by three, and I know that it was, like, I, I guess it's because it's the IMAX format. Like, did he shoot the whole thing in IMAX? I don't know. I've seen the comparison shots between what Whedon released and what uh, the footage in this film is like. There's footage from this cut in the original Justice League. It has been cropped for a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. So this version does have more in the frame. But... I that was kind of off-putting to me just because I'm sitting at home watching it on my 65-inch <laughs> TV and and it's taking up two thirds of the screen. Like <laughs> I, like I don't know, but but whatever. I, I can look past that. But that was just another little thing visually. But I'm in the camp that says that most of these characters should have had their own film before we got into this kind of thing. Just generally speaking, from a yeah. from a setting up standpoint, I'm in that camp. Um, I know there has, I've seen debates online about whether we even need it because, you know, people that know the comics understand this shit. 
Mm-hmm. I, I still believe you still need to do it for just a general audience because, you know, why wouldn't you want the general audience to get interested in your product? And yeah. they'll go see more stuff. Give them a little bit of a, of, a, of a landline, you know? So, like, there's that for me, and, and which I thought, you know, Batman versus Superman could have been interesting if they had have kept Wonder Woman out of it and they had have just focused on batman and superman and well, how that relationship kind of kept more to the comic book on that front yeah like the i expected it, it well. to be yeah like i expected it to be a lot more like dark knight returns yes, than it yes. was which was great exactly. which i love that animated movie is the shit um and and the graphic novel but i just feel like that was a big thing for me because i felt like for this even though it was a strong film narratively they were picking up the slack quite a bit with these backstories like cyborg super interesting origin would have loved a solo film about cyborg that would have been dope the flash you know not i'm just i'm not that interested in the flash but uh, i mean again tv series is good enough for that sure that's fair um (laughs) aquaman i just flat out don't like i don't i don't like the whole backstory with atlantis i think it's a little um it's a little tacky Mm -hmm. i don't know like they 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 made him as badass as they could have made him by casting jason momoa and i'm just not feeling the lore yeah uh, also unnecessary use of willem dafoe (laughs) (laughs) unnecessary use of willem dafoe yeah yeah, like like I didn't like the Aquaman <laughs> solo movie. It like again, it's a completely different film tonally from the other movies like Justice yeah. League and Batman versus Superman. So, you know, this is as close to badass as that character is probably ever going to get. And I, mean, I don't know, like I guess like criticisms just from from a from a purely sort of non DC standpoint are just there's some things that feel like um, they're just a little bit out of touch with each other, just from an origin standpoint. Like Batman being in the same universe as Aquaman, I feel like you need to set that up a little bit better and not sort of yeah. just smash them together like that. Again, I understand DC um, fanboys and, and fans will appreciate it because they've been with it and they know what's going on. But for us lamos out there that need a little bit more of a of sort of a narrative setup for things. I just feel like, you know, they needed to spend more time setting it up. Like that's one of the things about, about Thor that I was able to accept because I don't like Thor either. Mm. It's just that they set it up in the universe in a way where it sort of eased me into being okay with it. And I was like, okay, there's a Norse God standing next to, you know, um, Captain America. Yeah. And I'm and I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain things like that that I feel like they should have taken from Marvel and put into this. I'm not saying they should do the same exact things because it's not the same and they should do stuff the way they want to do it. But there's certain things that have merit. And like as far as a storytelling standpoint, I think for me, I guess that's a lot of the missed opportunity because when they finally do come together in this, it's like it's it's good. You know, like, like I see, you know, what, what maybe the original vision for this was, and, and this is, this is good. I, I want to see more of what they're doing with this. But again, that's where I guess the majority of my criticism comes from is just from missed opportunities and, you know, hopefully they can get it right going forward. But the special effects are painful at times. Yes. 
Yes. Um, I, I think that's the big thing. I mean, like, even for a Zack Snyder movie, whereas I think, like, in 300, they're kind of cool um, because I think that the color grade on that matches everything a lot better. And um, this seems, I mean, as, as you know, a little more incomplete. And also, you know, like, as a personal preference, as I said, I, I like to see things that are a little bit more organic. You know what I mean? Practical effects, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, that's the style he was going for. And... Um, yeah, the slow-mo was a little much. I think objectively that wasn't good. And but other than that, I like I I kind of agree, John, like when they come together and th- when that part's done, which let's be serious, that that's the heavy lifting is the backstories yeah. of getting it all together. So, yeah. yeah. It's not like that's something that's like should have been easy and textbook and people commenting kind of have you know, think they know how to do that. It's very yeah. difficult. Oh, yes. I want to talk, though, about what do you feel would have happened to the DC Cinematic Universe if Snyder's vision is supported and released theatrically? Because as we stand now, there is going to be no more Justice League movies. I yeah. think there is a chance that while that while the Whedon cut was being filmed for theatrical release, they probably may have even known that, um, which is maybe why they didn't, you know, put up which is why they probably just wanted to try to milk as much cash from it as possible because that movie doesn't have any continuity and also so there was a couple things so uh what is it is it martian manhunter comes at the end um as well to talk to bruce wayne uh in his original vision that was supposed to be the green lantern yeah and he said Zack snyder said that you know warner didn't want to tease any more movies Mm-hmm. So, because that would have absolutely teased a bunch more movies. And it also makes sense because mm. that's kind of, you know, the Green Lanterns are like the guardians, you know, you know, of, of the universe kind of, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, every, all of that kind of fucking makes sense. They said they didn't want to do it. There was also implications with more Green Lantern films, all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> but I do believe that there could have been a different perception of this had Warner Brothers actually let him do it. What what do we think the reaction would have been? Like, where do you think we would have been currently? If they had released this theatrically, I think that um, the fans would have enjoyed it a lot more. I don't know if it would have had the same impact as the Avengers with Infinity War and Endgame. Just because it's still a universe that I feel is more fan-dominated, dom- like comic book fan-dominated as opposed to the the casual uh, movie watcher or blockbuster watcher, where I feel Marvel was able to capture both audiences. So, Can I interject I, for a second, Omar, yeah. and just ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think that that kind of situation is because that there are more characters in the Marvel Universe who are kind of in the pop culture le- larger lexicon and like understanding than DC? Y- yes and no. Um, yes, because the flagship characters of Marvel, Spider-Man and X-Men are very popular to many generations. Um, so that's why I would say yes. So the moment you hear Marvel, your, your interest is already peaked. No, for the simple fact that Iron Man, for example, when that was released, that was, that was in an attempt to save Marvel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't know much about Iron Man. So it was kind of one of those things where it was like, hey, this is a character that's a B-list character that comic book fans know, but the average watcher of Marvel cartoons 
probably have seen, maybe you've heard, but don't know much about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think with the success of Iron Man to the casual watcher and making him popular is what brought a bigger audience to the MCU. I would also say that casting Robert Downey Jr. was a big part of that too. Yes, that was yeah. something they that was they Casting were was great. they were not there were t- there there was a lot of concern about Robert Downey Jr. because mm. um he was just starting to come off and shake away you know some of his problems from before because I know he did Zodiac drugs and, yeah you know what I mean and like there was like hey this could blow up in our face yeah but, yes exactly and and, that, and and that's why I was kind of like I was I was excited I I remember when they announced Iron Man was coming out. And I was excited, but I remember a lot of people were just kind of like an Iron Man movie. And this is coming off of the the Spider-Man reboots and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, I feel Marvel, once they had success with that, I feel like they captured and developed a formula that both fans and casual watchers can enjoy. With this cut, if, if Warner Bros. had released this cut, I think it would have been a lot more successful. But at the same time, I think they still would have to work hard to catch that fleeting audience because comic book fans would have been with them 100%. And who knows, it might have got popular through word of mouth, similar to Avatar. Yeah. Um, but that's my standpoint on whether or not this would have uh, took things further. But I do believe it would have been way more successful and we would have gotten a better slate of films so to speak. I, I do think that the Batman movie would have been made. I think we would have gotten a, a Flash movie a lot sooner and a, and definitely a solo cyborg movie. I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot from the beginning, if I'm being honest. Just from as a fan and standpoint, they they went too quickly into Justice League. Yes. They, way yeah, too quickly 100%. into Justice League. Yes. It, it's just... They're trying to catch up. They're yeah. trying to catch up. They and I And I get it. They shot themselves in the foot because they didn't want to do it after the first Iron Man movie. Okay, cool. Understandable. We get the Hulk. Okay, cool. You don't want to do it then. But after the huge success of Iron Man 2, the ball should have been rolling from then. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you 100% on on your stance. For me, Mm -hmm. being more of a casual fan, I needed that lifeline, like I said. and Mm -hmm. But I, I see the the sort of thing about how they didn't want to do it exactly like Marvel as well, because it's kind of a yeah. double-edged sword, right? Because if they did do it, the criticism would be, well, you guys are just fucking riding off the Marvel wave, right? And, and Exactly. And so they get criticism either way. There's really a no-win situation there, right, as far <laughs> as the criticism. But, but yeah, like, I, I also believe that from the get-go, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, and, and they did things too quickly which is my main criticism really about the whole thing it was just yeah. that I, I saw a lot of missed opportunity to set things up better that would have gotten uh, more casual people interested in this. It's thrown together. You know, it was thrown together and it felt like it was thrown together. You And that's what, you know, when you were watching it, that's what it felt like. And I, um, I, f- I felt they had the artistic impetus too, because they had the upper hand on the artistic standpoint, because none of mm. the Avenger movies are better than the Dark Knight. No. Like yes. none of them. yes, like none, none of them, them are like the best of of the Avengers movies. I Infinity mean, I War. think yeah, Infinity War, the first one, uh, Winter Sol, you know, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier. Oh you, ju- no, we're just talking Marvel movies or Avengers movies. Sorry, no, no, we're talking about like the whole breadth of the 
Winter Soldier is my favorite. Uh, yeah, you Winter know what I mean. Winter Soldier is by far my favorite. Like it's yeah. it, it. Well, I think it's the I think it's objectively the best one. And I mm-hmm. and then like the first Infinity War, just because they the way they were able, you know, not the End Game because I think End Game like for me it's just too much happening. Like if I'm going to give this shit for the special effects, I'm mm-hmm. absolutely going to give fucking endgame shit for the fucking special effects like mm-hmm. obviously at the end when they're all coming out you can't do that we can't fucking do that in practical effects no. i get that but some of it just looks shitty and just like not it looks lame but you know i think coming out of those chris nolan ones if you are to plan it out a bit more and i think if they are planning it about out a bit more and involving chris nolan in more the high level planning, not in writing scripts, because we know that is a Chris Nolan problem generally, uh, mm-hmm. with some obviously massive exceptions. Mm. But you know, and and like kind of laid out and have a plan going forward, you can kind of do that because a cy- cyborg is a great character. It's awesome, and one of He's the my other... favorite character from this. Easily. Yeah, and all, I mean, my only issue with cyborg is I do not like the animation on his face, like the the the, yeah, the way his yeah, face looks. It doesn't look good, mm-hmm. right? But like the idea of it looks good. And we've seen cool looking cyborgs in fucking history, you know, in in, in film. So like, don't yeah. tell me it can't be done. Um, but in terms of from a character standpoint, in the writing, he's absolutely fantastic, and I think that uh, you know Zack Snyder handled it well. But I, I definitely agree. This thing was thrown together, and there was a lot of opportunity to you know do it. And John, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, it's you were just building off of it, and and like that's just my biggest criticism. They should have done it differently from the ground floor up mm-hmm. man of man of steel feels it does in a way feel a lot different than uh, justice league just yeah. even from a, a style perspective uh, there's way more vfx i feel like in justice league that make it look that way and it's only two films removed from man of steel and there's yeah. no other films so i think that's why it's a bit jarring for me is just because of the fact that there wasn't more to kind of again ease us into that, right? I, so I, I totally hearing you speak of it, like, kind of gives me more of a stronger stance. Um, even just talking to other fans who are totally crazy about this film, I have to say I can't turn my film mind off and have to look at this from yeah. the standpoint of there's a lot of casual watchers who are not going to enjoy this from a story standpoint just for the simple fact that. They've only had two movies prepared for this. I think it was Hollywood Reporter. It, mm-hmm. There's two things I kind of want to... Hollywood Reporter, I think, said... Uh, I'm trying to remember which news outlet was. I think it was them who said exactly what you just said, uh, Omar, where mm-hmm. this is like f- fan service of the highest level Yeah, that yeah. will make the DC fans almost universally happy because it is good storytelling. Mm-hmm. But it will, because of its nature sacrifice some of the more wider appeal it could have Mm -hmm. exactly and i think and maybe we can get into this but as soon as i seen it i'm about i was about three hours in and i was like this is going to change film for streaming platforms for the simple fact that i feel like now people are going to take their time with making films and won't be opposed to making a long film yeah that's yeah the story yeah Yeah. that's one thing about it that is good also i like the way it's Mm. the the way they've chaptered it out um and uh it's not like i watched it and i'm like that was pretty okay for a four-hour movie 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't uh, like I do think it could be, it could have been shorter, but at the same time, he's trying to unpack a lot of stuff, and you know, uh, it's 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 he accomplished something with it. The other the other thing I kind of wanted to also put in there, and that kind of leads into this mm. whole conversation. Uh, you know, Variety in their review said that this obviously is a completely different movie and adds uh, to the original, but they feel that this could have rivaled the Avengers. If mm. if it had been ex if 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 his vision had been executed, like what is our thoughts on that? The, the Avengers just as a whole, or like Infinity War. Um, I'm talking like let's say like the event like the Avengers flicks as a whole. As a whole, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm. like w- is this something that could have been a- as big of a draw? Is this something that could have like tickled the pop culture uh, interest as much as um, Avengers? I think if. He was given more time. Uh, granted, what happened can't predict that. But if he was given more time and things didn't happen the way they happened, I think it would have captured some casual watchers. And I think it would have rivaled the Avengers and from a standpoint that DC fans would have been so behind it that the fan base alone, even without the, the huge mass of casual watchers, would, would make that film hit heights that I don't even think they would have predicted. Just because the reason we even have this cut now is for four years of fans campaigning to get this film out. So I think if it was released and we had gotten this vision way more polished, the, the effects were better and, and stuff like that, and they tweaked some and had time to tweak a lot of the problems, I think it would have rivaled it just from the, the simple fact that universally all DSC fans would have been united on this movie. And would have been like, hey, we we need a sequel. We need to start having uh, solo movies for these characters. And I think they would have took more time with these solo movies. Wouldn't have tried to make them more kid friendly, is what. That's my biggest criticism with a lot of the DC films, with uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and uh, the Suicide Squad, that bombshell of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, is just the fact that. They tried to put humor, they tried to reshoot, and they tried to make it more family-friendly. And they need to understand that DC as a whole isn't a family-friendly universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I get it. You want to sell merch, and kids are the ones who are going to buy this crap. So I totally understand it. But where DC is, they have avenues that they've already been successful in on TV and CW with their cartoons and animation, that's where you'll get those fans. Yeah. This universe now, make it for an older audience. Because the cult following they would have received, and which they clearly have, you have fans for four years, people paid for billboards just to get this movie up. Yeah. So like, to me, I feel like if it was released theatrically, the way it's portrayed now, obviously with the, the proper tweaks, I think it I think it definitely would have rivaled Avengers and I think we would have had a real competition on our hands whereas I feel like a lot of DC fans are just like the, the MCU is way better and, and that's just, and that's it. So we're not really ever really excited when a DC film comes out cuz I'll tell you from my personal perspective after Nolan I haven't had the same excitement since. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And now that we have this Robert Patterson film coming out that now I'm I'm even more intrigued, and then seeing the Snyder cut, I feel like now more people are gonna want to watch this Batman movie, even if it's not connected to this. I feel like people have confidence again 
in Warner Brothers and in DC and what they're trying to do. Yeah, like for me, it's simple. It's not the same product. Yeah. Right? And, and I don't think it's ever been the same product. Like, I mean, Batman and Superman are, for me, they're bigger than any Marvel character, at least from a pop culture standpoint. Yeah. Um, yes, 100%. The and, only and one that even ri- that even rivals is like you're looking at Spider-Man and Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Um but yeah, like I mean they're they're different products. I mean, the things that I like about DC is how dark it is because it's 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 different. It's just it's not like Marvel. They do things yeah. differently. Uh I mean, Batman obviously at the front of he's my favorite superhero of all time, easily. And yeah. it's just because they just explore things differently with him and i get it he's not like a a superhuman superhero but he's still a superhero and he has villains and and enemies and i mean superman is is you know seeing him in sort of a darker environment is interesting and cool because you know he's supposed to be this beacon of light and having it go in a different direction would have been cool to see and and like I agree, Omar. Like the new Batman movie, I was kind of like, uh, like whatever. It's it's another Batman movie, mm-hmm. but it, it intrigued me because of the tone and, and because yeah. of how dark it is and because of how different it looks than than every Marvel movie, right? And that's yeah. not uh, saying that Marvel can't have you know interesting uh, dark storylines and all that stuff. It's just a different product. Like I don't look at them as really the same thing you know i expect different things from a dc movie than i do when i go see a marvel movie you know um joker like joker is incredible like he's in the number one he's on tons of number one on tons of favorite villains of all time oh yeah lists and i and i mean like this whole standalone film thing kyle i know we were we've talked about this a lot about how you know uh, comic book movies can do this thing where they can just have solo takes on a character in just a solo movie that isn't Absolutely. connected to anything else. Right? You got Frank Miller doing Batman. You got you know Alan Moore doing Batman. Like you right. can, you can have yeah. It, it's almost you. It you have, you know, you have your Frank Miller Daredevil, your Jack Kirby Daredevil. You know what yeah. I mean? And you get these really cool storylines that come that are different, but often yeah. storylines don't fucking mix in comics all the time. Yeah. Um and, and yeah, and, and I just find that like I agree, Omar. It it could have been on the same level on 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 that point if they had have set it up properly. Like lean on your heavy characters. Everybody knows Batman. Everybody yeah. knows Superman. I mean, they could have totally totally done it. I think just from a business standpoint, they were they were too afraid to take the risk on being different and, and taking a different route to get to that point um they saw the success that marvel had doing it that way and you know they it was kind of back and forth and they should have just committed to do what dc does best you know fully because it would have been embraced by everybody and you know I've, i've been saying you know the last thing i was saying about how you know there were issues with setting it up like just from this movie alone, Zack Snyder won me over to see more of this if they do it. Just because I, I, I sort of appreciate the fact that despite it not being set up properly, he was mm. able to kind of make up that ground 
And if I had have just seen this movie and nothing else, like if I hadn't have seen Man of Steel, if I hadn't have seen Batman versus Superman, it was just like, here, watch this movie. It's called Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'd have been like, this is interesting. What's next? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's what I, th- and, and so anyway, I completely agree that, that it could have stood on the same level and it could have been a real competition if they, if they really had have committed to just being DC and being different and just doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. On that note, guys, um, first of all, I mean, we've cast our apology to Zack Snyder. Uh, this was, sorry, um, Zach. it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, you know, it's flawed but um it's it was enjoyable and i you know i i would love them to make more justice league movies that are like this yeah Yeah. because i think with the proper time and um you know effort put into it that you know not from Zack snyder but from like you know the apparatus that was supposed to support him uh Mm -hmm. you could have some good stuff because i mean the, the man clearly has a vision and um he another thing he did this like with the suicide of his daughter as yes. well, yeah. and he just mm-hmm. put you know pushed through what it could be, what is definitely probably one of the most horrific things that can happen to a parent, and um, he you know did a really good job. It's to be commended for sure. Absolutely, one hundred one hundred percent. Well done, Zach. So guys, um, thank you for doing this, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Peace out. All right, take care, guys.